it took everything Michigan had to be able to take down Maryland. And certainly that isn't what anyone expected. Yet, is it terribly unexpected? Don't you sit there and think about this game and have it relate to how Michigan's going to play this upcoming weekend against Ohio State. We're going to talk about the Maryland game, the upcoming game against Ohio State, and just a teensy bit in segment three about all of the other controversial stuff. On this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines. Your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Sunday. We are back and doing it. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. I was on the ground in College Park. They're taking in Michigan's 31-24 win over Maryland. Certainly, it was not uh, quite as much of a romp. I, I predicted 37-11. It kind of felt like it was going that way. Michigan was up... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what what was it at that point? It was uh, 23 to 3. I'm like, man, Maryland, if, if Michigan gets two more touchdowns and Maryland gets uh, a touchdown and decides it's going to start two-point conversioning, then, man, that's going to go perfect. But uh, it did not uh, it did not go quite uh, that way. Maryland continued to put up a fight, uh, and Michigan had to endure every single thing that it had. And while that certainly didn't feel good, I also wouldn't say that it is the end of the world. Uh, certainly, I, I have received numerous texts and probably a couple of phone calls of people who were really, really upset about how that game went. And I want, I'm here to tell you, have you not forgotten? I want to say this uh, King James Version. Have you not, <laughs> have you not forgotten or not remembered? I don't remember how to say it. Uh, the, uh, the game last year against... Illinois. Now, Illinois was eight and three going into that game, I believe. Believe well, not eight and three. Would have been like seven and three, I think, going into that game. Kind of limping in. It lost to Michigan State. Yet it was looking mostly very good. Uh, Michigan looked like it was going to blow that game wide open. But then Blake Corum gets injured, and a seven and three game suddenly turns on its head. Michigan needs late game heroics from people like Isaiah Gash. In order to win that game, a walk-off field goal by Jake Moody to beat lowly Illinois. And then you sit there and look and say, well, Michigan's got to go on the road and play uh, against Ohio State. They haven't won in Columbus in 20-something years. And yet, you expect us to think that Illinois is going to play Michigan harder than Ohio State? Well, yeah. Michigan went to Ohio State last year without Blake Corum, uh, without... uh, they went with without Blake Corum. I mean, he was there. He, he played a couple, you know, obviously a few snaps, but they went with Donovan Edwards. The cast on his hand hadn't really played much. Uh, and uh, and all of this stuff. And yet, it, it they were able to come out with the win. So, it, it no, I don't think that is necessarily, when you look at that game yesterday, I don't think it necessarily tells you the story of everything, right? Like, I don't think that you need to necessarily sit there and say, look at, Okay, if Michigan played Maryland close, look at look when you really think about it, you know, Ohio State also played Maryland close. They ended up having a more lopsided score, but Michigan was more dominant early and then kind of laid off the gas and it ended up being a fight. Maryland just kept believing and it just ended up being a much tougher fight. Obviously, this was JJ McCarthy's worst game as a Wolverine. It's kind of not great to 
say that, uh, you know, obviously it was went from Purdue to obviously didn't do a heck of a lot against Penn State. And then you follow that up with uh, 12 or 23 for 141 yards. Not great. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, at least, even though there's three, three point four and three point five yards per carry, uh, looked more like themselves in this game, and I think that's a positive. Uh, and they're both healthy. JJ seems like he's maybe a little unhealthy, dealing with a with a leg injury. Uh, I don't think it's that serious. I think it's more of just he's going to have to just kind of deal with some pain and stuff like that. Okay, uh, he he was a little bit more fifty fifty going into to yesterday's game than I think anyone would admit but he still played the entire game maybe not quite as effective but it's going to be a different deal playing against ohio state but i i would not look at this next game through the lens of the last game i know it's been a while now it's been a couple weeks since michigan's had one of those fun time romps of just putting up you know a 50 50 points or 45 points or just completely dominating the other team from start to finish in the way that we've gotten accustomed to seeing but that doesn't mean that you look forward to Ohio State and say, this is not going to happen. You have to also remember the other side of the ball. The other side of the ball, you look at Ohio State, and while it has Marvin Harrison, Emeka Ibuka, and I understand Michigan did not do a great job in the secondary. It's, there were a couple of times where the receivers were blown right by Will Johnson. That was a little troubling, of course. But at the same time, we've seen that from time to time. There's a reason why we don't look through the lens of any other game before you get to the game. There were so many times in 2021 where I was coming on this show and having to tell people, hey, we're not, you're not going to sit here and and play Ohio State against Maryland. You know, I know 2021 is not the best example of Maryland, but Rutgers, you know, people saying this type of performance won't beat Ohio State. Well, good news that it didn't. The actual game does. Ohio State has some problems of its own. It also has seemingly a somewhat gimpy Kyle McCord. It's got a banged up Cade Stover. The offensive line still against Minnesota did not look very good at all. There are some trouble areas, of course. Travion Henderson presents a big trouble area. Uh, but uh, I think that there's a lot of stuff where you, you look at... Uh, where Michigan kind of matches up favorably. Now, obviously, all the off-field stuff doesn't help. Uh, There's going to be a lot of talk of, well, they're doing this without Jim Harbaugh. Well, yes, that day. And uh, we talked about last week, does Jim Harbaugh give you a 7-point advantage, a 14-point advantage, maybe even a 21? Who knows? On any given day. It's going to be up to Jim Harbaugh to coach the coaches this week so that that they are in full kind of awareness. Here's what Jim Harbaugh would do in this moment. This is the, if this is the situation, then this is what you need to do. And the problem is, is Jerome Ward's got a lot on his plate. I, I've seen a lot of people, particularly Bucknut type people putting out there, well, look at what JJ's been without Jim Harbaugh or look at what he's been without the sign stealing, whatever. He, listen, he's been banged up for a couple of weeks. It's so it, it's been, there's been some changes, right? Like that's going to change your game a little bit, at least. But when it comes to playing against a team like Ohio State, I would imagine that these players are going to get up for it in a way that they probably don't get up for playing a game at Maryland, especially once they got up 23-3. to They get up 23-3, to it kind of just feels like, all right, right? They went into halftime 23-10. to it, And there's no reason to think, okay, well, Maryland's going to score enough to, to really be in this game, and we're going to need to do a couple things to put this game away. 
you just wouldn't feel like that would be the case if you were in their position where they've just dominated everybody. So don't look at this game and then look at the next game and say, this is how it's going to play out. Michigan has been the better team throughout the year. And now it's going to get a chance to prove it. And one last thing, and this was brought up to me by uh, my pastor, uh, Pastor Josh. Uh, out of the last seven times that Michigan and Ohio State have played six of those seven times, the winner of the game has had the li- less lopsided score than the week before. The only exception to that is 2021 Michigan. But you can, you can go back and you can think about 2018 when, uh, when you, know, you know, 2018 when Michigan uh, played Indiana was a hard-fought game, but Michigan still won handily. Meanwhile, Ohio State needed some last uh, needed a Maryland wide receiver to drop a pass in the end zone on a two-point conversion to be able to win that game. You look at 2019, Michigan goes and blows out Indiana. I don't remember who Ohio State played, but nonetheless, last year Michigan ekes by. Illinois, even worse than Ohio State, eked by Maryland. It happens. All right, we're, let's get more into the actual game itself. Uh, what I what I liked, what I didn't like. I kind of did a little bit more of my Ohio State preview first. And then we're going to kind of get into some of the things, again, with this new controversy, now that I've kind of gotten my head wrapped around it a little bit more with uh, Chris Partridge firing and kind of where I stand and also maybe some inside info. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not saying that to bait you into waiting around till segment three i just we'll see how i if how much i feel like divulging uh but listen whether you're you're a professional you're a college student listen up there's something that can really really help you out here and this is this incredible app called listening.com which can take any academic paper a pdf or even class material and turn it into an audiobook so it can read math equations, technical words, complicated documents, anything that you throw at it pretty much. And it knows to skip all the citations, footnotes, references, unless you stru- jump straight to the chapter or section that you want to listen to. And it even has a one-click note-taking button where it automatically puts the last 10 seconds into a notepad so you don't even have to type notes while you listen. The best part of all of this is that if you use the link listening.com slash lockdown, then you will be able to get your first three weeks for free. So go ahead and just give it a try. It's usually two weeks free. But you can get an extra free week when you go to listening.com slash locked on. All right, at this point at 810 in the PM, I've been talking for over an hour straight pretty well. Not completely. I wasn't, uh, if if you missed it, we just uh, did an hour with Rod Moore on the prediction interactive show. So, That'll be on my personal YouTube. Go check that out. Uh, once I get that up, whenever I, I, you know, they'll send me the the video and I'll put that up on my personal YouTube. But that's uh, we had a good time talking about the rivalry, talking about a lot of different stuff. Uh, certainly, there's a lot of people that are looking at uh, at this last game and are feeling troubled by it because Michigan let up 24 points. Now suddenly, Ohio the the whole thing with Ohio State is they've never given up more than. 17 points in any given game. Well, up until this point, Michigan hadn't given up more than 15. Before that, it was 13. So, yeah, there's a Michigan defense gotten slightly worse. Yes, but this is the only one that's really kind of mattered, right? This where the team isn't scoring garbage touchdowns like Purdue or Penn State did. Uh, so there's that. Michigan still does have the number one total defense. Michigan has the number two passing defense, of course, playing Maryland. Changed that a little bit. They were number one. Ohio State is now number one. Uh, Ohio State has played Maryland, and they've faced a 
pretty decent Maryland attack in that light. Rushing defense-wise, Michigan uh, is moved up a little bit to number nine. And in scoring defense, Michigan is still number one, allowing nine points a game. Ohio State is allowed 9.3. So Michigan is still slightly better in some of these things. Uh, scoring offense-wise, Michigan's 11. Uh, Ohio State is 24. Michigan has the edge there, but in total offense, of course, Ohio State is likely to be higher, I would imagine. I'm just I'm doing this because I'm curious myself, right? That's how this tends to work quite often. Um, <laughs> or I go off on a tangent. Ohio State has the number 35 offense, total offense. So that's, that's not what you're used to seeing, right? You're used to seeing them like up number one, Michigan's 55. But they're just playing different styles, okay? So, um, anyhow, the reason I wanted to even come to CFB stats and start perusing things is because I wanted to look at Maryland's offense and what it's done in other games here. So, Michigan allowed 247 passing yards to Maryland, which is more than what Ohio State allowed because uh, Ohio State allowed 196. Uh, but when it came to rushing yards, that's where it's a big difference. Maryland was able to rush for 106 on Ohio State. The, the vaunted Ohio State defense. Whereas Michigan allowed 15 total rushing yards. That's Now, the worst performance was against Penn State. right? They, they had negative 49 rushing yards and 283 passing yards. But Michigan allowed 15. So... The teams that had better performances in against Talia Tagovailoa in the passing game were Michigan State, weirdly, with 223. The aforementioned Ohio State, and then Michigan. So, yes, does it feel bad that Michigan didn't have like this incredible performance uh, against the pass? Yeah, but guess what? 247 is respectable against that group, right? That's kind of right around where you would expect Michigan to be. They passed for more against Penn State and uh, passed for less against Ohio State. So that is a thing, right? So looking at Ohio State's offense and what it is tended to do uh, against some of these teams, uh, well, actually, I meant to go defense, sorry, defense and what it's done against some of these teams, um, they've allowed rushing yards. Right, Rutgers ran for 232 yards on Ohio State. Now, some others, not so much, but they've allowed triple digits three times. Youngstown State got close at 99. Wisconsin got 94 without Braylon Allen, mind you. Uh, Michigan State even got 94. They're much more staunch against the pass. They've Only Western Kentucky has gotten more than 200 yards, but Michigan has shown lately that it's more likely to want to run the ball than pass the ball. So if... They can oblige them, then they will. Obviously, none of those teams have won that game, those games, any of the aforementioned 11. But uh, I also was going to bring up the offense because against Michigan last year, I know we're, we're all sitting here looking at it and saying like, oh, they're not going to shut down the pass. Well, they didn't either of the last two years, right? They didn't shut down the offense at all. They just kept them out of the end zone. That's the more important thing. Michigan, I know I saw was going to talk about the Maryland game, and here we are just talking about Ohio State. Um, Michigan allowed 349 passing yards and 143 rushing yards to Ohio State last year. In 2021, they allowed 394 passing yards and 64 rushing yards. So the, the rushing yards was kind of more the difference, but they kept them out of the end zone and forced C.J. Stroud into mistakes. 
Kyle McCord is certainly not CJ Stroud. It might, there were, some of those weapons might be the same, and obviously they didn't see Travion Henderson last year. Keep him out of the end zone and force him into field goal opportunities and then get them out of the situation where they're, they want to run the ball and be balanced. You've got yourself a chance. That's, that's the big, big thing when it comes to facing a team like Ohio State, right? Is get Ryan Day to do what he wants to do, which is be pass happy. He doesn't want to run the ball, but he will, right? He'll, he'll do it. Just, just watch him. Because like Michigan's offense against Ohio State was more balanced, 278 passing yards, 252 rushing. I don't know that I would predict that this, this year, but who knows? Um, but when it comes to the defense uh, last year, like I already said, some of those numbers that they had, that was by far the most. The only team that passed for more was uh, Purdue the next week. TCU didn't even pass for more, okay? Uh, only Purdue passed for more the following week after Ohio State. As far as rushing, Ohio State rushed for the, the, the third most of any team. I Weirdly, TCU uh, got 263 yards uh, in that game on the ground, which it, my memory didn't, doesn't remember that, but that's how that went. Uh, then, then it went Illinois with 148, and then Ohio State with 143. You're not going to shut them down. You just need to keep them from scoring. Now, that's what Jim Knowles' defense is trying to do to Michigan, and that's what he's been doing to other teams. So we'll see if, how that works. Michigan's been a heck of a lot better in the red zone than it has been before, right? Uh, so looking at red zone conversions, Michigan uh, in previous years has not been great at that. And this year it's 50th uh, with an 86.54 uh, conversion rate. Uh, now, that's uh, this is kind of annoying because I got to scroll up and try to figure out which ones. Okay, that one's touchdowns. 31 touchdowns, sorry, 39 touchdowns and six field goals. When it comes to the red zone conversion rate with touchdown percentage, uh, Michigan is doing, I think, a little bit better than it was last year. It is 11th. 75%. You look at last year, touchdown percentage again. Michigan, 42nd. They were converting 66.2. Now, when it came to just overall conversions, red zone conversions, they were doing an, actually a better job, number 10. But they're a heck of a lot better at converting because before it was like, okay, well, we can rely on field goals. Now they're relying a heck of a lot more on touchdowns. So I say that when then you look at opponent red zone conversions, Michigan is actually the second best in the country at disallowing uh, conversions in the red zone, but they haven't had many. There's only been 18 attempts all year in the red zone for Michigan. They've allowed 12 scores. Uh, that's the second best in the country. When it comes to touchdown conversion ratio, Michigan has only allowed six of those 12, 33% best in the country. Uh, so that is something that obviously Ohio State's trying to do. Now Ohio State is eighth in red zone conversions. Uh, overall, when it comes to touchdown conversions, that falls down to 11. They allow 42.86%, or sorry, 45.45. I was looking at the other Ohio. So Michigan's in a good spot. But it, in the terms of its defense has been a little bit better. Has Ohio State played any super high-powered offenses that make you feel like, okay, yeah, you know what, they, they really shut that down. I'm going to look at the scoring offenses that they've played. Um, and we're just going to try to peruse. So Michigan is by far the best scoring offense. Well, I shouldn't say by far. It is, but it is the best scoring offense that Ohio State will have played 
They've played number four. They're, Michigan's 11. They've played number 14, Notre Dame, number 15, Penn State. Michigan's obviously played number 15, Penn State, held them to um, held them to 15 points. Ohio State is 24th. So Ohio State doesn't even score as much as Penn State normally. Now, again, game by game, it, you know, each game is different, all of that kind of stuff. And then after that, then you have to start kind of like scrolling here to try to see who some of these other teams are that are doing some of these things. So UNLV actually uh, is 19th, ranked ahead of uh, of Michigan. Uh, sorry, of Ohio State, rather. Western Kentucky, who is usually a high-powered scoring offense, is 58th in the country. Ohio State would played them, of course. So when it comes to the Big Ten and all of those teams, Maryland's 61st. I know it probably doesn't feel good in the moment because you're like, oh, they're 61st and yet. But they average 28.4 or 28.5 points per game. Michigan still held them to 24. Not bad. Ohio, Remember, Ohio State actually uh, let up some points to them. Maryland had a lot of opportunities, and they kind of screwed it up more than Ohio State screwed it up for them. Um, but, like, that's, like, the next one. All, a lot of these other teams we're looking at, Rutgers, Indiana, they're in the hundreds, Minnesota, Nebraska. Doesn't speak well necessarily for Michigan's defense, but these are some of these are teams that Ohio State has played as well. Wisconsin, 102, right behind Rutgers, who both teams have played. So it'll be interesting, is all I've kind of got to say as far as that's concerned. All right, let's get into the, the to kind of more of my thoughts on the, the where everything kind of stands. I know there's a lot of rumors and stuff like that about things. I could be wrong, but I, again, we're, I, I've most of the time I've not been wrong. Everything I've kind of stood by is still the case. Um. I know to some it might not seem like it. I know a lot of people say I'm not saying anything. I mean, if you pay attention, you'll see I've been saying a lot. Go back and watch early episodes from this saga, and you'll understand that. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Let's move on, and we'll actually talk about it instead of me talking about talking about it. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you bet on the Detroit Football Lions, it looked dire. But then you got $150 in bonus bets back. And then you felt good. You had a good day because of that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There is a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, heck of a lot more. So go and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Continue to enjoy this NFL season as we're starting to get into the nitty-gritty of it, really deep into it. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so I've had some time to digest some things as well as uh, talk to some people. Uh, again, I haven't talked to, uh, I've not talked to any of my what has happened, or sorry, my what will happen sources. I've only talked to kind of my what has happened sources, but that kind of is appropriate more so for everything. So as I said on Friday, the whole Unky T, Uncle T, as far as it pertains to the Connor Stallions, story and I understand this is part of the new evidence the quote new evidence that was brought up uh again I've been told that that's 100% false but what's the evidence that they're relying on well I'm told I'm not 
a hundred on this, but I've been told from a couple people that it is whistleblower testimony testimony. The whistleblower is the is the one who is not to blow things up, and I'm probably getting myself in trouble here, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it anyway. The whistleblower is the former employee that's disgruntled and they're just taking his word for it, okay? So that just seems like odd. Why would Michigan just capitulate at that point? And to, to that, I don't know. I think that it, it's, I understand that it, you, you just want to try to put this behind you and everything like that, but it just, to me, it, it's so dumb because it really is like, oh, we've got new evidence. What is it? That guy said it. Okay, but it's not true. And I've heard a lot of different things from, from different people about what Chris Partridge did from, from a really good source on this. They said, like, the only thing that, that is true is that he, he basically, that he didn't destroy anything and he impeded the NCAA investigation in a different way. And that's all I'm willing to say on that. But, again, it, it's, it's he said, she said. It's not, like, concrete evidence of anything. And yet, Michigan is self-immolating at the most important time of the year in what honestly could be the most important season that the team's ever had. I don't really understand it at all. And that's kind of where I, I just don't understand. You're, you're going to blow it up for un, in, un, uh, incredible and not in a good way, right? Uncredible whistleblower testimony that's talking directly to the NCAA. From my understanding, I just I just think that that is so absurd that Michigan's capitulated and decided we are going to go ahead and let you suspend Jim Harbaugh. We're going to go ahead and lay down our arms. Okay. One of my sources, you want to know where the like the whole war thing came from? It, it came from in conversations with one of my really good sources on the what's going to happen. So, excuse me. If I don't think that you're actually going to war, right? You 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 have Jim Harbaugh even coming out and saying, "I've never felt the university all moving, galvanized, moving in one direction," only for at the first sign of trouble in a battle for the university to decide that, well, you know what? We didn't know that this was gonna be a battle. We we signed up for a war, not a battle. We didn't want to fight. So to me, it's. It's absurd. Now, other things are still being worked on. Um, I personally capitulated a little bit on Friday. I'm going to continue to do so more so just because things are, you know, not changing, but I guess changing based off of what they were, I was told. I I still have full 100% belief, not, uh, let me rephrase. Michigan has full 100% belief that Ohio State is behind the private investigative firm. Okay. 100%. And I know there's a lot of Buckeyes that are going to clip this show and say whatever and be like, look at how wrong you are. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the moment. I've said before that if, if I told you the whole story as I know it back on day one, even you Michigan fans would sit there and think of me as Charlie Day in front of a corkboard with a bunch of yarn looking with crazy eyes. But a lot of these things have come to pass. You're learning a lot more about it as it unfolds, goes out into the ether. Uh, but I still firmly 100% believe that Ohio State is behind this based off of the things that I have heard from my sources. That said, 
I would, it's not probably going to be a quick turnaround is what I said on Friday. I stand by that even more now, as far as when is everything going to come out? I don't believe there's any NCAA investigation in Ohio State. I never said that. Anyone that says that I said that is putting words into my mouth. But there are people investigating. And I I think it's going to take a very long time to piece together everything before anyone at Michigan pushes that forward, okay? I was led to believe it was a lot further along than it is. But it's just going to continue. And... When this is over with, we can talk about everything I knew and when I knew it. I should probably start writing my notes down instead of just going off of memory so I could tell you the exact dates of everything. But nonetheless, that's where we stand now. Disappointing that Michigan has capitulated, has lost a coach. I do know that there are rumors of another coach. You had Bruce Feldman saying that on on the... uh, Fox uh, pregame, I spoke with a, a prominent national reporter who you all of you know uh, on Saturday, and he had heard those rumors. He was like, but I don't know what. I've talked to other sources, and they're like, there is nothing, right? It's kind of the same thing as what happened with Partridge in a, a way. I just think that that was, an, was not a fair shake. Uh, but them's the breaks with the political hit job. The political hit job has achieved its goals. That's the whole point. And just because it sounds like there's something groundbreaking, like it was Thursday and Friday, oh, we got, there's new evidence. I wouldn't be surprised if, oh, there's new evidence. With the the story of the booster, paying for Connor Stallion's operation, it's it's 100% false. It's just alleged, but 100% false. It's just funny how that can completely upend everything. And, you know, I know there's probably a lot of you out there like, well, there's got to be more to it than that. There just isn't. There, there's not. There's just people that want to make it sound like there is. My story hasn't changed as far as that's gone. I'll tell you when I'm capitulating. Right now I'm just capitulating on when the other, the other side faces its trouble. It's probably going to be a lot longer than I was led to believe initially. All right, that's going to do it for this episode today. We'll be back uh, discussing Ohio State more. That's going to happen all week long. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.